Welcome to Behind the Aisle podcast, where we are just two wedding professionals sharing a no bullshit approach to what goes on behind the scenes in the industry. My name is Sarah, and I'm a wedding photographer. And my name is Katie, and I'm a wedding planner. And welcome back. How are you? I'm great. great. Highly caffeinated. We were just talking about this, but I think I'm cutting out caffeine, guys, because I feel like I'm going to explode. And not in a good way. I literally just looked at Sarah and I was like, are you irritated? And you're like, I just am on edge. I was like, okay. I feel like I'm high. Like, I feel like (laughs) it's not good. Like, not in a good way. I just, like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm coming out of my skin. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So us caffeinated people who love caffeine, um, we would say, uh, that's exactly how you want to feel. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't. I cut caffeine out for like four months and then I decided to start drinking it again. And it's not great. Yeah. I feel like a monster. Jesus. Um, okay. All right. Well, today's topic. <laughs> today's topic is juicy as always. Uh, we we're talking about education and conferences. Hmm. Education and the conferences. Um, okay. How, I could just start word vomiting right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> how, uh, first of all, how many conferences have you been to? I probably couldn't tell you anymore. Like, there are too many to count. Conferences, workshops, masterminds, all of it encompassing. Yeah. Definitely more than how many fingers I have. Really? Um, I have been to six. Okay. And that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough. That was enough. Yeah. That was enough for me. Um, I've also been in conferences. Um, I've spoken in conferences uh, and um, held my own workshops before. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, and that was a choice that I made. <laughs> I've honestly thought about bringing it back. I've thought about doing education again. But damn, <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah, I, especially in our industry, um, the education portion of it, my God, it's kind of like one of those things I feel like where people who enter into the wedding industry, they see the finish line. Uh-huh. And we've talked about this before, where like, for example, the luxury market is like the finish line. You feel like there's like this weird pressure where it's like if I get into the luxury market like I've made it I'm successful type situation um I feel like it's the same type of thing also with education yeah like if you become a speaker or an educator of some way shape or form like from b2b that's business to business for those that don't understand the um, acronym. But if you become like a B2B educator again it defines your success that for some reason it it adds more weight like value to you yeah so from a photographer standpoint there are probably four people that I can think of off the top of my head that are educators and they make it feel like that's the finish line because they talk about their monetary value Mm. and you also feel like you obviously won't be doing you won't you don't you feel like you won't be doing this for very long or like until a certain point or a certain age is where your cutoff is Mm -hmm. so after that what do you do you teach people what you know 
Yeah. And then that's how you make your money. But I mean, there are people that are making multi six figures off of education alone. And that's where their entire business has gone from somebody who has tried to do that. It's a whole lot of fucking work. Yeah. Like you don't really understand Mm -hmm. like the amount of work and the amount of money that you put into those into education in order to get their return. So if teaching is in your blood and like that is your life force and you just get so much satisfaction from teaching, then education is probably where you should go. If you want it just for the sake of the money, I don't think that's where education I don't think that's where you should go. Because I also feel like, too, that from those same educators, um, when we're talking about passive income, that's where like they, I feel like that's been a plug, not just photographers, but in, in general, right. like wedding industry educators, that's where they will like make the plug of like, hey, if you're not going to be doing your craft or whatever, then you can make this thing or whatever, mm-hmm. which is like underneath the umbrella of education, whether it's a, a workbook or a something along those lines, online course or yeah, something, which I feel like. Okay, sure. But there are many, oh my God, there are so many other like steps and I feel like parameters and things like that too that need to happen before you just start putting shit out on the internet. Yeah. And those people also have massive teams too. Yeah. Those people that are doing it really, really, really well, they have a huge team backing them. Correct. That they pay a lot of money. Yes. So I think you have to look at it with a grain of salt because I think you can get starstruck mm-hmm. and you can get like money hungry and oh my God, this person is telling me that I can make multi six figures by creating a workbook and like putting it on the internet and oh my God, I can do this. Well, that person did it because they had 30 people behind them. Yep. Doing their marketing, doing, creating the workbooks, making the videos. Yep. Like they're just one person and, but they're the face of that company. So you, the graphic that that tells you that you can do this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but because they are the face of that company, you believe everything that they say Mm -hmm. and you believe that that's that one person doing it. Yeah. But it's not. Correct. It's kind of reminds me too of, um, I feel like we're this particular demographic gets taken advantage of is those that are like single moms or Mm -hmm. like just people in general with families and they idolize and um a big educator with um would they also have a family and it's like oh i got and they use like a family or like they're they're exploiting their family is what they're doing for real they're like and you know as a single mom like i grew um i grew my business to six figures within three years by doing this and you can find out more like in this seminar or in this workbook and all that kind of stuff babe like they're not being transparent though no with the sense of like you were able to get it that way because maybe yes in the very beginning you were a single mom and you were struggling and that you know the work paid off that's the hope and that you were consistent mm-hmm. keyword there consistent with your workflows and your systems to the point where you were able to get up to a certain extent and the very first thing you outsourced was like a nanny Yep. Or maybe you were able to hire a family member and be able to give them a full-time salary, or maybe you just have a really great community or village behind you that was able for you to do that. Can you, can you like go from the trenches of being a single mom and like work your way up and obviously yes, be that six figure success. Absolutely. 
I, the problem that I'm having though with that particular demographic is that no one's being transparent of like, it actually took me this long. It took me yeah. 10 years yeah. to get here. I was in the trenches for the first five. Then I was able to put, you but know, nobody talks about that. So it just Jimmy looks like it happened for real. Yeah. Like little Jimmy was in daycare then for three years. And then from there I was able to have a part-time nanny then for the next four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, there's no transparency behind this because it's ugly. Yeah. Like it's not pretty. It's not sexy. No one wants to hear, oh yeah, I got to six figures in 10 years. Everyone wants to get rich real quick. Yep. There is no way for you to get rich quick. There's no, unless you literally win the lottery. I feel uh, like. I will say nowadays people do think that you can get rich quick because those that go viral. No. Yep. No. Yes. It happens. It does. It happens and you can't you can't sweep that under the rug because it does happen. People do go viral, especially on TikTok, depending on what platform you're on. I'm not saying in this industry you will, yeah. because this is not an industry that's coveted for virility. Is mm -hmm. that, is that the word virility? That seems like it means that you can make babies. Virility? Virality? Oh, okay. I was like, what SAT word is she trying to use? <laughs> Going viral. Viral. Uh, this this industry is not one that will typically go viral is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So but there are people out there that do get rich quick because they go viral and then all of a sudden they're monetizing it. That's how that happens is they they go viral and then now it's they're like the monetizing 1%. it. It is the one percent. But it's all we see because that's what's being pushed into our face. So it does happen. I'm not, it's just not as easy as it looks though for everyone else. Well, no, like for example, if you take like, I don't know if you look at all the like little TikTok stars, like Charlie D'Amelio, mm -hmm. like her whole D'Amelio family, which they're riding on her coattails, but that's a whole other different soapbox mm -hmm. I'm not going to get onto the poor thing. She even from the beginning, she didn't go viral after one video though. She was consistent in posting her TikTok dancing videos. Yeah, but that's the beginning of TikTok. That's how you had to start. Now you can go viral in, in 30 minutes based off just just one one video. Right. But like where is there a correlation though between one viral video and how much money you got in the bank? No. See, that's that's the issue that I'm having is that unfortunately people aren't realizing that reality and they immediately think, oh, if you're like a viral creator on some sort of social media platform, you must have like coin. Right. And I, I, no, a lot of those people that do go viral and get consistent with it, they already had money too. That's what I'm yes, yeah. for real. Like there was some sort of like back end. Yeah. Like they already came from like a, yeah, like you said, a consistent like workflow and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of remember like, I, like I will always for the, from the, for the day that I die, I'm going to use Vine as an example. That shit was online and offline within literally like 20, well, it was more than 24 hours, but like it went offline within 24 hours. They mm -hmm. made the announcement of like Vine is going under all that kind of stuff. Obviously we all idolize some like Vine stars, all that kind of thing too, which now they've moved over to TikTok. So I'm following a couple of like my Vine favorites and stuff too. Um, and they've re had to rebuild their platform to some extent. I mean, damn, you had like these teenage boys having some sort of weird like meet and greet conferences and shit. And there's like 10 year old girls that are like screaming their head off over this 16 year old all because he's doing like a hair flip. <laughs> we're getting off topic i just it's but like okay so that whole thing it's it's encompassing in the sense of again then some of those folks then have because they are no longer relevant 
oh, there's something. They're no longer relevant. So then they're like, let me just turn to education then in that sense. Mm -hmm. Because then it's going to lead me to the to the promised land. (laughs) Promised land. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's going to lead me to like this statement of like, in our industry, there are no such thing as experts, just experienced people. There are no such thing as experts. There are just experienced people. You have seasoned vets. Yep. That is it. Yep. We, again, this is, again, we're going to have a, a different podcast episode about our industry not being regulated. Um our industry is not like the medical industry where obviously in order for you to become a general surgeon, you have to go through many a year of schooling. You need to get a little many acronyms potentially behind your name. There's we don't have that in the industry. So when you are hearing someone or if they are self-proclaiming themselves as an expert, the hope is and what needs to be happening is that quote unquote expert needs to have at least have experience. Mm-hmm. in some way shape or form i will say the argument to that is on my side as a photographer there is a technical skill that goes into that so there is schooling that you can do oh yeah yeah um from a wedding standpoint that all goes out the window yeah um but as a photographer i think there are people who can be deemed experts oh yeah on certain things um because there is a lot of technical things that go into that but from a wedding planner a florist a dj Mm -hmm. uh any of those types of people um and even even a wedding photographer I'm, i'm just saying like people will argue that i went to school for such and such and you know i am an expert in lighting and all that stuff um just take that with a grain of salt because in the wedding industry there is no prior education that is needed yeah to correct become quote unquote an expert at something yeah Um, i think even so though like even if you did get like a degree in something again if you are not potentially using that degree or in that industry in which you got your degree in mm-hmm. you just because you got a degree in it you are still technically not an expert mm-hmm. i feel like you have to have a lived experience in order on top of the education that you have gotten on top of that yeah it's twofold Agreed. it's not just like a one thing of like oh yeah i have a master's in like business but i've never been in any sort of like business scenario at all yeah no i totally agree i'm gonna take okay so you read a textbook and you spent that much money whatever where i can also get that textbook from amazon and i can also teach myself then at that point do you know what i mean yeah and so i think within it's yeah specifically within our wedding industry like for sure like i can i think of like potentially high profile like other forms of photography that yeah you definitely got to have some like back-end like, oh, yeah. education before just picking up a camera and calling yourself an expert and going into a certain field. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like for our specific industry, yeah. wedding industry, there's no, at least as of right now, there's no class, no degree. And I majored in wedding photography. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's hospitality, but I don't think that has anything to do. Yeah. On the planner side of things, you know, that with our internship program that we have, we partner with uh, George Mason university and um, it's underneath their school of education. They have a whole hospitality um sub school i guess mm-hmm. you could say and it's those um those kids are i want to say kids sorry y'all are young adults um 
but those you know students are trying to get into either corporate like planning into hotels um sometimes they're getting into like sports marketing like it's Mm -hmm. into there too there's plethora of like different things um in that in that sub school but so you can get a degree however in the wedding industry though you don't need like you don't need one yeah you can just go to google (laughs) dr google i don't have a degree in wedding planning university google yeah for real Um, i don't have a degree in wedding planning i I don't have have a degree in photography I'm completely self-taught. So it's all lived experience to that extent. And even, and I will even shout from the rooftops too, that I am not an expert in certain areas of potential like planning or whatever. I think that also relates to the term professional. Yeah. Um, I think people throw that word around a lot without having the experience to back it. Yeah. I am a self-taught photographer but I do deem myself as a professional photographer because I've been doing this consistently for seven years. Correct. Um, and this is my full-time job. This is what I do. Like I, I, I know what I'm doing. I, feel like I don't really hear the word, like the term amateur photographer happen anymore. It's like kind of like a cuss word or something. Yeah. You just say you're a photographer or you're a professional photographer, but I think people throw that word out after a year of being doing photos and they think that like that's gonna make them more money in your opinion what can what do you amateur and then good professional like what where in your opinion obviously everyone's gonna have a different opinion yeah um amateur i think this is a hobbyist who has picked up their camera and wants to potentially get into the business but doesn't really know maybe takes photos of their family some people's families um doesn't really have a whole lot of background in photography in general, um, is really learning and wanting to learn. Um, but anyone can be an amateur photographer. Anyone can pick up a camera, throw it on auto and roll. Like you don't really have to have any kind of background to be an amateur photographer. Just pick the camera up, have a DSLR. Um, professional I would say you have to I th- I would say you have to have had this as a consistent business for at least five years okay I would yeah. say I would I wouldn't have even I don't think I would have called myself a professional after three years um yeah I think I'm like a baby planner self yeah <laughs> I <years. laughs> I might have thought I was but looking back there's no way that I could have been because I hadn't experienced all of the things that I have experienced up until this point. Um, now I can roll into any wedding day, regardless of the location. I don't even need to know what location it is. I've done shoots where or I've done weddings where I've literally rolled up same day because I've had to do them for other people. Wow. Um, and I've known nothing. Ugh. They've handed me a timeline and, I, and say go. And I'm like, okay. And I'm totally comfortable doing that. Yeah. I can roll into anything and say, this is the lighting situation that I need to use. And it works out. Like I, I'm just, I don't have stress or, and I'm not trying to like boast my own or like to my own horn here. I'm just no, trying no, no. to, um, I'm being humble about this guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I will like, I don't have the stress or the anxiety every time I roll up to a wedding and I'm like, am I going to fulfill my duty today? No, I I'm fine. Like I can do this. I think that's where the line gets drawn is you have the experience to back what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And people look at you as the professional you roll in and you have confidence. Mm -hmm. You 
can direct a room. You can say, this is what we're doing next. People look to you for answers. I think as, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that screen, like, does that oh, yeah. seem professional Def- to you? I, I definitely a hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of, again, it, it kind of, because our industry like isn't regulated again, I'm going to use like the medical like world, uh, like, a something to compare it to i don't know like the different levels and whatnot too or you can like the military i can kind of do that where i guess it's different where you know you've got infantry and then you've got officers and all that kind of stuff too um even i mean that's even different there's no then, ranking yeah i think is what you're getting at yeah there's there we go no rank because like i know like a middle school medical school obviously when you like just you're like a medical student and then yeah. but you do like residencies and i'm going to make this all out of order i can't remember like all the different like things you have to go through in order yeah. to officially become a doctor there's i mean in our industry again there's not really a you just pick up a clipboard or pick up a camera and show up for real <laughs> and then you just do trial and error after that but i yeah. think it's the terminology where like yeah wedding like baby planner i can't like see, that's my ranking that i say like oh she's a baby planner like is that like an actual like stamp of, of a term? No, I just use that. Yeah. Um, or like a vet, I think again, and I think in our industry, there's, it kind of reminds me of like when you go to like a doctor's office or when you're filling out like a demographic, like checklist or whatever of like, what age are you between like zero to 16 and then 17 to 25? Like, our industry has something like similar to that where it's like okay have you been in business from like zero to three years and then there's like the three to five and then like the five to seven or five to ten or whatever five plus or ten plus years or whatever i think i've seen those and those those kind of um determine rank timelines yeah i think if you guys are watching on youtube you're seeing me like stare at my two fingers (laughs) like kind of like distancing themselves um like those time like those time frames i've seen those type of um time frames kind of be consistent between like the zero to three three to five mm-hmm. five plus seven plus whatever have you and that kind of communicates okay levels and whatnot like if someone came to me or and i had them fill out a form and they're like i've been five plus years in business okay you're professional at that point yeah you come to me and you're like oh i've been two years in business okay that's great but, but you were a rookie yeah. in this, yep. like in this manner. Um, so I feel like when it comes to education and conferences, obviously a lot of the education, the conferences, workshops, all that kind of stuff, that's all encompassing. And I'm not going to list all the freaking names um, underneath the one term. But most of those are, I feel like for the beginners, for the rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem that I'm having is rookies teaching rookies yep because those that are experienced and have gone into education glamorize being an educator but again there's no transparency on how they got to this point right and essentially what qualifies them as being an educator Mm -hmm. just because you have done photography for one year or planning for one year or you've been a florist for one year in my opinion does not deem you qualified to teach to teach somebody else Mm -hmm. in a sense of you were taking other people's money and now hosting a workshop class like absolutely not i just don't no, if you're going to be like, hey, girls, like, let's get together for a girls day and like we're going to make our own like flower arrangements. OK, I think that's different. Yeah. 
totally different. But I feel like there has to be some sort of qualification to monetize to yes i feel it's a moral thing that's driving me crazy where i'm kind of like i don't i just the whole rookie teaching rookie thing is what i'm having really hard issues with because again like i could sound like a a broken record but because the educators are glamorizing and they're like look how much money that i'm making off of like me being an educator but again they're not also talking about again like how you made the statement of but they already had money to start with they had money to start with because they were doing their craft for so long and built up a nest egg in order for them to dip into the educational world Mm -hmm. that is not being talked about no so then when sometimes when these rookies now are creating conferences or workshops or master classes or seminars or masterminds, what are like one-on-one coaching sessions? Do you know how many times that I have seen someone who's been doing maybe something for two years and all of a sudden I'm a coach? No. Yeah. I, no. I totally yeah I also think people get into the education at least from my experience I think people get into the education for the glamour of it because they want to be a host because they want to say they've held a workshop because Why? they want to hold a conference where in our society because it's luxury <laughs> who deemed getting on a stage with a microphone in your hand or a headset attached to your ear you talking to a crowd why does that deem value because we've looked up to it we've looked up to actors we've looked up to people on stages How did this start like i don't, I don't know understand. i mean we can go back to fucking shakespeare if you want but we have always looked up to people on stages because they have a sense of confidence they have a sense of worth they have a sense of uh monetary value i mean it all boils down to money uh, we'll to be yeah. totally honest a lot of this boils down to money and how much money people say that i mean there are people who join cults because of this like it is is it's a thing and i mean i've seen it you've seen it everyone's seen it but there is a monetary value to watching like you just you you want to be the people that are on the stage because they 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 it's deemed worthy you want to be that person that's up on the stage that's teaching these people because i know and from somebody who has been in the back end of conferences and been a speaker and seen how an entire conference rolls, you don't really understand the lack of education that these people have as well. Like these people Mm. who are being deemed educators don't always have the education background they're just standing up on stage because this is the place that they wanted to be they have catchy one-liners yeah kind of stuff they talk about their family or there's some kind of (laughs) this is what irks me Uh is when people i've (sighs) i know what's coming (laughs) i've been to conferences before where you go to learn Mm -hmm. and you might learn for three minutes Mm. and then all of a sudden we're on a soapbox talking about our traumas and our mishaps in life and the things that got us to where we are and made us stronger and blah, blah, fucking blah. What am I supposed to do with that? What am, what am I learning from that other than the fact that 
yes, somebody, and I'm not, um, not, I gotta disclaim, I'm not like bashing anyone's traumas and how, like, that's great. You were built up to where you are now. Beautiful. You can get there too if you have this background. But if I'm paying money for an experience for a conference to be taught by such and such people, I expect to be taught. Yep. Not to learn about somebody's trauma. Yep. I, I am sorry. I don't care. I don't care. I, I, that's not what I paid money for. Yeah. It looks great. I also would think it's abuse. It's the abuse of the position that you've been placed in. Right. And I've gone to conferences where I've gone to consecutive conferences and it's the same fucking thing. It's the same spiel, the same trauma, what is, what is this like bringing what is this it's like it's a there's a word for this where we like you pull gl- heart we're glorifying trauma um, is what it is romanticizing romanticizing trauma like and you're trying to pull on people's heartstrings and then all of a sudden at the end of this conference you can here's a link to my one-on-one coaching for three thousand dollars if you want to learn more fuck off or the free ones Oh, babe, don't get me started on the free ones. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't tell you how many of these motherfuckers I've been on, these free workshops. If you're going to give a free workshop, give me a free workshop. Okay? Don't give me a free workshop for 30 seconds and then point me to where I can pay for your full coaching. Yeah. It's um, clickbait. It's clickbait. All it is is an hour-long clickbait. Mm-hmm. And it is the most frustrating thing that I have ever witnessed and i have been subjected to it so many times because you think this is going to be the free workshop because our industry is not regulated and the educational portion is not regulated then the the rookies and like the baby whatevers that come into this and when i say baby i'm not talking like these are young people like i'm talking like they're young in business yeah um they they don't know any better because again due to e-regulation not even e-regulation non-existent regulation whatsoever there is no means of qualification you just look at the means like the metrics of what people look at is how many circles are they in um Mm -hmm. who's in that circle how many followers do they have how close can i get to them for real like how exactly and so it, it drives me like buck wild when you have experiences like that i mean i i you know, one of the instances I remember for a while, I mean, I know you and I both started um, our businesses the same year in 2016. Didn't know each other then. But um, so we're the same age in regards to business ownership. Uh, but like one of like the biggest like grabs, I guess, like during I feel like in my like young business years that was like a metric was if you cried at a conference. Yep. That... Like, I will never forget one of the mm. conferences that I did attend there on every single seat. There was the little travel pack of tissues as if that was like the badge of honor yeah. or like your little keepsake or something like that, because you're going to cry at this conference. Why is that a metric? Yeah. I don't understand what I want to be able to pull away from is all of the tangible knowledge yeah. that I can take and apply that into my business and then see results. Obviously I have, I know that I have to do the work because mm-hmm. we're about to get into 
before you buy a ticket to a conference or an education, here are some tips after Sarah has been to six conferences. I feel like I have been to literally 10, probably more. And I'm getting, I'm thinking, I'm talking like conference. I've like signed myself up for conferences and workshops and masterminds, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, whatever. Out of all of the many that I actually have attended, there has been one, Mm -hmm. one given if I've literally only been to 10, there has been one that I feel like that, that has been fruitful. I can, there's only been one that's been fruitful for me as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you the qualifications of like why that was, why that was successful and why that continues to be successful for me. Um, even in, even in today after the, the, it was a mastermind, even the mastermind being over. Um, but that, that the whole like little packs of tissues and like the motivational speakers, but they're, it's, they're they're educators though but you're really just a motivational speaker at that point you're just Mm -hmm. on stage like again trying to pull on heartstrings all that kind of stuff that was a metric um and i I, i'm here to tell you no it's the community (laughs) thing i think i think everyone wanted to be a part of that community because of who was in it and how close you could get to those people and it made you feel like you were a part of that you got invited into a room. Yeah, that you were invited into a room and you could sit at their table. But I'm not paying, like, it, granted, if you are paying to go to a motivational conference and that is what has been lined up and you know we're going to a motivational conference, I'm going to feel my feels, oh, I'm going to yeah, cry. If that's what that's marketing yeah. is, yes. But we're going into these conferences wanting to actually learn tangible and tangible education where we can then apply it to our business and then all of a sudden we're being like all of our I'm crying in a room with strangers yeah all of our trauma is being glorified and romanticized and now we're all crying together and I I I love you but also like we're all praying together for no reason Uh, no yeah I (laughs) like I don't unless you have signed up for like a Christian or these are not these are not Christian conferences like I am not religious but yet here we all are in a room praying together what the fuck dude that's so wrong it's so crazy as a Christian that is so wrong like I I don't uh uh no I would say to to then teach you off of this if you're going to host a conference or you're going to host a workshop be absolutely upfront with what is going to be talked about stop using clickbaity taglines for what you want or using taglines that for people like what they want to hear yeah like just be honest about what's going to be talked about and then follow through with it and leave it at that. So here's like an open question. If people actually though were honest about what to expect, like you're going to be in a room with like 50 other people praying to a God that you don't like either believe in or like pray to, and you're going to like cry three out of the, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't also be here talking shit about it. <laughs> so I don't know what's, Maybe do what's better. I don't do. You, I don't know what's better. I honestly, I, on, I, I hate the fact that we, like, this is a podcast episode. I, I do it. too. I, I really, really do. really hate it. I do too, because I, I really would love some really good education. I would love to go to a conference and maybe it's just the conferences I've signed up for and the ones that. But they're all the same. 
Yeah. The majority of them are the same. You've got the same people on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, we want to talk about same faces all the time. The mm-hmm. lack of diversity mm-hmm. on some of these platforms. That's a whole other thing yep. that I could get on as well. That drives me up the fucking wall. Yeah. Is there's no diversity. By but then means. also you get into tokenism. So there's, yeah, there's that shit too, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm ready to see names that like I've, I've never heard before. Yeah. And that obviously, yes, that they, again, they've got the right qualifications or whatever. When I do my research, then again, we're starting to kind of get into like before buying a ticket, here are the metrics that mm-hmm. you need to be looking at in regards to before like purchasing a ticket to a conference join, or a, a workshop, joining a mastermind, doing one-on-one coaching, all that type of stuff. There are parameters that um, I feel like based off of, my poor experiences with education, Sarah, obviously is going to like include with hers as well too. But there are so many other parameters that you have to look at the qualifications that I think that need to be met. And before you hit add to card and submit, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially, especially if you are a rookie um, within the industry in that itself too because everything looks real shiny real cute real good that price tag is huge so you must think okay if it's got a big price tag that means i'm gonna get big roi on it Mm -hmm. i'm here to tell you that is not always the case yep that's not always the case there have been a couple of times i will be honest where i've signed up for something um that has been free or that i've signed up for something that was like pennies to the dollar or whatever and i've gotten some good content like out of it and i've been able to apply it but that is few and far between mm-hmm. few and far between. Obviously when anything is free, you do have to take it with a grain of salt. You cannot expect the world for what you get for free mm-hmm. at all. I've just been lucky every now and again where I'm like, wow, I got all this shit for free. That's really nice. But also know when you're going into something free, chances are at the end, they're going to try and sell oh, you on yes, something definitely. else. From a marketing standpoint, if you take, you take the, the consumer portion out of it from a marketing standpoint and someone who is providing that, I mean, that's a part of a whole marketing strategy. I know. And it's just itself. irritating. It is irritating. Um, especially if you're just not made aware of it. Yeah. Like, or whatever have you. Uh, but yeah, just have that expectation. Um, sorry, I'm watching Zoe. She's going to go burrow into her blanket now in a minute. She's like, which spot do I want? Um, anyways, so here's some, here's some tips when it comes to before, you know, buying a ticket for some sort of educational something or a conference of some kind, um, which I am seeing more in-person conferences are starting to pop back up now because <laughs> the pandy is not done, quote unquote. Um, before buying a ticket, testimonials, the, the website that the conference or the workshop is probably going to have, um, are already going to give testimonials. I need you to dig a lot deeper than Mm -hmm. that. There are too many things that are fake reviews, fake testimonials. If it says like KDB on there, who's not to say that that KDB person is like the host cousin. Right. Or someone who got paid to do something. I, I literally anything else who, mm-hmm. who knows, or maybe it's just an excerpt from maybe a different service that they did and they just took it. Things like that too. So look for testimonials, but in the sense of, um, it kind of is going to go hand in hand with references. Um, so find out, um, most of those group, like most of these conferences, um, obviously having had past attendees, you're probably in some mutual like Facebook groups or something like that too, or Instagram channels or whatever have you, um, start asking around in the sense of like, Hey, has someone been to X and so conference? If so, like, do you mind if I have a conversation with you before I purchase a ticket? 
um, things along those lines too. So, and then having one-on-one, so here's the references portion, having one-on-one conversations with people in the past and then you being upfront as well, being like, Hey, I see that this conference is guaranteeing or it is a claiming that I'm going to get this end result in my business or whatever have you. Do you feel like you've got the correct ROI, which is a return on investment? Do you think that is true? Um, what are some other expectations that like, what was your experience in and of itself? Obviously everyone's experience. You and I can go to the same conference. You have a different experience though than I have mm-hmm. in the sense um, of that too. So when you're asking for these testimonials or asking for these references, and you're having that one-on-one conversation with a past attendee being like, Hey, I'm looking at this conference because I want to accomplish, or I want to take away the following things in this. Do, do you think that this conference will do that for me? Yes or no? Why or why not? Pros and cons to it. Things like that too. Um, number one thing, honestly, one-on-one phone call with the host one-on-one phone call with the host. If the host of a conference or a workshop cannot carve out 30 minutes of their time to explain to you or to answer any questions or to really like peel back, okay, this is the heart of what this conference is for, or this educational portion is for, this is what you should get out of this or whatever. Red flag to me. I've never seen that as a thing. Really? Yeah. Nor have I tried, but one-on-one the last mastermind that I attended um it took I was dragging my feet because of all of the bad experiences that I've had in the past and this particular mastermind (laughs) was real expensive it was expensive for me but out of all of the things that I've had like the pat I did all my due diligence about the testimonials the references dug real damn deep into the website too. even looked at potential. This host also like she, like she actually posted about like actual ROIs that this past attendee, this is where they were in their business after attending the mastermind and, and applying this like concept or whatever. This was the end result for them actually showed receipts or showed receipts. There we go. Um, so then I was like, okay, this all sounds great. Now I really want to like, but how did they get there? Like what, what was the, um, what was the pathway? Like, how are you going to take us there? And I got on the phone, not once actually, but twice. Cause the first time I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. Pretty good. And then my anxiety kicked in. I was like, oh my God, now I'm scared. Um, and then I had a heart to heart. And then that second one actually was more of like a heart to heart where I just need a little confidence boost. Um, so, and it was great. And then I, yeah, anyway. But I had a one-on-one phone call with the host for about 30 minutes and I asked all of the questions and I'm talking like, where does the money, like my ticket sale, like the money that you are getting for my ticket, where is it going? How are you using it? What other kind of monetary like um, uh, expectation do you have? Um, what is this like the ticket include? Not just like, oh, you get this and then like a welcome party and blah, blah, blah. Like, where is it actually going to? Am I going to be expected to pay for anything else when I get there? Um, if you are having speakers of any kind, where did you find them? Have you actually like worked with them before? Do you have any kind of receipts for them too? And that sort of thing too. Sometimes people are newer to like the scene. I totally get it. Like getting onto a platform. But again, I feel like they have to be some sort of expert qualification. They have to have been in the craft for a certain amount of time in order for that to be happening. So I did all of that stuff too. I think that would be different for a conference. You think so? I do. Because I think 
conference hosts might not always be the ones that are the main person. What do you mean? Like they might not always be the main, like uh, from the conferences I've been to, you have the host and then you have X amount of people that are speaking. Mm -hmm. So the host might just be a host too that's holding the work the holding the conference and then you have these x amount of people that are speaking on different topics um so i don't necessarily think i mean i think you could still ask those questions but i don't think that you could kind of go into all of the other people that i just feel like conferences are a little bit different than like masterminds because you're paying to be in a small group true um whereas but i feel like even though with a conference though like those people should still have some sort of like receipts yeah but a lot of times people are paying to go to conferences just to hear those people speak it's not about like you're not one-on-one in a small group getting to ask questions and like diving deeper does that make sense i think okay so it sounds like you've been to like really large scale conferences yeah like okay 100 plus people i don't i'm trying to think if i yeah the one conference i think conferences are different than masterminds because i think conferences are cheaper and i think there's less of an actual roi yeah if that makes sense like well i would hope there's some sort of like there there is but i think it's all of like what you take from it not like i'm going to teach you fundamentally how to do this we're going to go through it step by step in a small group of 25 people where i can ask questions get answers talk one-on-one that kind of thing whereas like a conference you're just kind of going to hear these people speak and then the next person gets up and speaks and you take whatever you learn from that it kind of reminds me of like um like it's a really big thing like for planners I, also other different types of vendors can go to this too but the uh wedding mba um i don't know what that is which it's held in las vegas every year oh yeah I've um been there. oh i've been to the the photographers part of that for oh okay like, gotcha same thing but it's f- photographers only i think wedding mba is 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 for anything else but planners but obviously like in the planner world it's like this big huge thing like people get really excited um about it and i totally agree there's only because in that sort of huge environment Mm -hmm. you can't yeah you're not going to be able to like have like the takeaways that you're going to have from that you're going to have like little snippets because yeah yeah, of the type of environment um i think the your explanation like your take on it it all kind of circles back around to in regards to like the expectation wise yeah yeah when you're looking at conferences again you should not be just buying a ticket um just because or i call it like like influencer buying Mm -hmm. just because all these other big names are going to be there or maybe all of your other friends within your community are like buying up tickets and they're like oh we're all going to go together and all that kind of stuff whatever if you're just like, like if Again, if you just want to buy a ticket, go shoot the shit and have a great time with like your friends in a different environment or whatever for three days, like in a random like location or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But again, that's what you're expecting. That's yeah. the whole prerogative of why you're going. Yeah. I think from my perspective is like if you from the educational portion, because that's where I've been burned is like I've literally bought tickets and workshops and gone to conferences because um, I was expecting to be educated where I can take tangible items, apply them to my business and obviously stay consistent with that and then have results from it. Yeah. And that's where I have, that's where it fell short and mm-hmm. that's where I've gotten burned. And I was like, okay, now fast forward to like the recent mastermind that I was a part of. And I did all of those things beforehand before clicking add to cart 
and give them my credit card information because I wanted to be like, okay, before I put myself in a room with quote unquote educators, I want to make sure that when I leave, get on a plane and go home, that I've got a notebook that I can continue to reference and like educate, like continue to educate and apply that into like my business. But again, that is because that was what the expectation was for me is I wanted to go and get educated. Absolutely. But there are some conferences, yeah, that you're like, let's all go together and it's going to be a great time and like we're all going to go shoot this shit. Yeah. That's why me personally, I haven't gone to WME because I'm like, I'm not paying hundreds of dollars flying over to Vegas and all that kind of shit. Like, that's just not for me. Yeah. For some other people, they're like, that's that's great. Let's go ahead and do that. Whatever have you. That's totally fine. Um, some other little things too, just to kind of keep in mind before you're hitting submit, um, or, you know, putting that ticket or whatever to add to cart is, um, think about the money that you are. Again, this is coming from perspective of like, if you're going to be educated. Okay. Um, that's the whole goal is you want to take tangible items away from whatever you're signing up for or attending or planning on attending is take the money that you're spending, not just on the conference, but like the travel, maybe any kind of food or accommodations that you have that are your responsibility. Take the money that you will literally have to put in to this experience and think to yourself, okay, is what I am doing currently, am I going to be able to make that money back within a certain parameter? Mm-hmm maybe within six months, a year, whatever have you. I kind of look at it the same way whenever I'm thinking about bridal shows. If I'm going to sign up to um, at a booth for a bridal show of any kind, how many clients, how many services, what type of services do I have to book in order to one break even, but then essentially like to like make money off of it. Yeah. And that's how you can deem whether it's worth the investment. Right. Off of that one. So break it down. Of course, if you don't know all of those things, that's where I feel like asking the questions when you're talking to references, talking to the, the potential host, if you're on a smaller scale of a conference. Yeah, I can't imagine like <laughs> calling up the, the host of like WNBA being like, um, excuse right. me. Right. I get it now. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, smaller scale, guys. Sorry. Um, and then uh, this is the one that I had issues with when I was a rookie. I just kept buying more education after more education after more education. I will throw myself on the bus that from the previous workshop that I went to, if I did have any kind of tangible items and I had like a little notebook or whatever with all these different notes of like how to apply all these like little bit tidbits or whatever, I will be honest, I didn't apply those to my mm -hmm. business and I just kept buying more education yep. and more education. So yes, are some of my little scorched feelings from the fact that I didn't apply those things and I can say like I there was no return on investment sure because I wasn't consistent in some of the things mm -hmm. that I learned and applied into my own business so I'm here to tell you all okay learn from my mistakes don't buy another ticket to another conference another workshop another mastermind if you haven't already applied the previous Con like conference workshop masterminds like takeaways already into your business and you've seen results mm -hmm. you just buying up education because you think the education in your rookie business is going to make you profitable i'm here to tell you incorrect <laughs> yep incorrect you have to apply, you have to apply the things that you have been taught beforehand in order for you to scale up. Because then at that point, 
once you apply those things, you can potentially see new holes or gaps within your business. And that'll help you discern, okay, if I am going to look for something else, like in the educational world, then maybe the thing that I was eyeing, that actually is not going to help me. And it's not going to solve necessarily solve my problem, but it's not going to help create tangible work items for me to apply into my business in order for you to continue to scale. Um, you have to be consistent as well. The consistency is a huge, huge, huge thing. Don't you can't keep, just apply it once and then hope for the best. No, yeah. You really have to keep it going. You really, really have to keep it going. Um, um, the biggest thing that I, from somebody who is easily influenced, <laughs> um, the, the scarcity tactics. Um, oh, yeah. Don't be influenced by scarcity tactics. That is a marketing ploy. Yes. I'm, I'm going to just lay it out there for you guys. People telling you that seats are limited, which they can be, yes, but also that things are flying fast. Get the early bird rate. Get the early bird rate. Um, we're already, you know, we only have 10 seats left mm-hmm. after like two days of it being out. A lot of that is a scarcity tactic, scaring yeah. you into acting fast so that you purchase your ticket right away without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've fallen into that many, 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 many oh, times. Um, I'm somebody that also comes from a, a family where the scarcity tactics win. Um, and then the over-consumerism happens. I mean, our, um, like the American, the American society is, that's all that it is. I correct. Mean, look at like the black, like the Black Friday sales and all yeah. that kind of stuff are like for a limited time only. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So scarcity tactics aren't, always truthful Mm -hmm. um so don't fall into that if for some reason it is truthful and you miss out you miss out hopefully that means that the conference was good enough that they'll have it again yes um or whatever it is research about it you can see how the conference is going like like how it is yeah and then next time if you still are thinking about it and they they you can act fast at that point there you go but um that's something that i've had to learn and it's hard to oh yeah i bought tickets before doing all that research and stuff yeah. like that too just be, like, you, like you said like the scarcity thing of like yeah. oh my god like the tickets are gonna run out yeah so um that and to piggyback off of the reviews um check to make sure that the people who are leaving reviews are not friends of yeah the person um how many times have you seen like on a conference or whatever that like the reviews are like the speakers like the keynote speakers then too. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind I've of seen like, that. Um, but a lot of the times those like just do a, do a little bit more research before you give these people money because you're going to get burned and it's okay. But we're trying to help you not get burned um, by conferences and workshops, et cetera, that are not for you. Yeah. And not really going to give you the education that you need. Um, and then when that does happen, you can just like write it off and move on and try not to do it again. It's all learning. Um, but yeah, so I think we've all been subjected to the scarcity tactic, the influencer buying the, um, yeah, the big names that are going to be there wanting to just be in the room, paying to be in the room, paying to be quote unquote friends with these people paying to be invited to the table Mm -hmm. like it if that is your goal 
And that's something that I did a lot when I first started. If that's your goal, I can tell you right now, it there is there is a very, very slim chance that it's going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Um, you're not going to go to these conferences and walk home with lifelong friends. Uh, I, it's very rare that it happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes, sometimes you get lucky, but you're also not going to walk in these rooms and become friends with the the, the people that are hosting the conference. You're not going to, you know, it's like going to a concert and making eyes with the the drummer. And you're now thinking like, uh, you're going to have a conversation with this person later. Like, that's just not what happens. And I think we go into these events with these high name speakers and think that because I'm in the room with this person I might have a chance of becoming them or learning from them or like you know now they'll invite me places or whatever whatever it is like I've I've speaking from experience here of the things that I've thought when I've purchased into these workshops um and I've gone as far as going out of the country for these workshops I have gotten other friends from them uh, from those things but not the friends that I originally thought that I wanted yeah. I've paid to be people's friends before and it's really sad. Um, or paid to get close to people. Yeah. Um, because I thought that it was going to benefit me in some way. Um, and it doesn't. It doesn't. If it's not acting naturally, then yeah. you shouldn't throw money at it to make yeah. it work. Um, but yeah, I think that was great. I loved the the education. <laughs> the education about education. The, the ironic education that came from that. Um I think that's a great place to stop. I think so too. Yeah. Awesome. Just be careful out there, y'all. Yeah. Just be careful. There's a lot. The The internet is a God, it's, and treacherous it's a saturated place. market. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So just be mindful. Do some research. Holy be shit. careful. Don't just throw your money, your hard earned money, especially if you're new. You don't got a lot of it. I'm, or maybe you do. I don't know. But mm, you don't got a lot of it to throw around to these places and to these people. So yeah. Um, just do some due diligence and be yeah, happy research. with your choices. Yep. All right. Well, Sarah, where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Instagram at serendipity photography, S-A-R-A, like my name, serendipity photography. And you can find us at behind the aisle podcast on Instagram and behind the aisle podcast.com. Where can they find you, Katie? T-I-L-L-Y-A-N-D-T-E-A-L on the Instagram. Obviously, same thing for if you want to go look at the website, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, give us a follow. Um, rate and review or um, and subscribe. Yeah. All the things. Um, yeah, leave us a review on on Apple Podcasts or in Spotify and mm-hmm. wherever you can write reviews. Yeah, we're kind of new to that. I don't really know where you do that at. But if you can, that'd be great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Also, if... You did not know already, we have a networking event that'll be happening in two days. Uh, It's our very first networking event. We're super, super excited about it. There may or may not be tickets still available right now, but uh, if there is and you want to come, you can come, but uh, you can also follow along on Behind the Owl podcast Instagram. We'll be doing some BTS of the yeah. event that's happening. Uh, we are super, super excited. And if you are listening and you are coming, come I'm dress. I'm excited to see you. I know, but come dress to impress, y'all. For we, real. We want to see you show the up pinks, and show the out. Reds, it the is the ivories, the creams. Yeah. It's Valentine's, Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's. And happy Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or whatever it is that you celebrate on the 14th. If you don't do that, then happy anti-Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we would love to see you there. Uh, we're super, super excited if you're coming. And 
yeah, follow along on some BTS and see what you're missing out on. I know. JK. Can't wait to show you. JK, JK. There'll be another um, one. Yeah, we'll, we'll host wink, another wink. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, thank you guys so much. Oh, also, uh, if you have not done so already and you have a what the fuck Wednesday to share with us, oh, yeah. we need to hear from you. So, nice. um, submit your, you know what I've also been thinking about doing. I've also been thinking about doing, um, like weekly submissions on Instagram. Cause sometimes I feel like if I put it in front of people, like it's it's seen and you can just like quickly like oh, write yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. so like having you guys dm me on instagram too um at behind the all podcast uh, on instagram I, just dm us too like you don't have to do the whole formality thing if that's a lot harder for you guys um because i know sometimes going from platform to platform to platform or like if someone's remembering it or like they they see like us post on an instagram story and they're reminded of like oh yeah i have a what the fuck wednesday instead yeah. of like having to go just another click and just like submitting the form they right. can just like sign the dms and yeah just, just, it to us. just throw we'll it read in your DM. stories from the dms so you don't have yeah. yeah you don't have to necessarily submit the form but. yeah just do it um just tell me ahead of time if you want to be anonymous or not that's the only thing i need from you yeah. um but if you want to <laughs> formally submit you can submit at behind the podcast.com yeah but anyway thanks so much guys we love you see you next time bye, bye.